0: Take a break, Steve. Sit down. All right. So, what was recording the podcast like?
1: I don't know. It was okay, I guess.
0: Hey, kid, isn't there another review coming up? I guess. Any contestants worth mentioning?
1: Maybe. There's kind of a dark horse now in the running.
0: God damn, will someone please tell me why I listen to this movie review crap?
1: Because you're an idiot?
0: Oh, yeah, that's it.
1: Lick it up, baby. Lick
0: it up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is good, I guess. What do you think, Steve? I
1: think it's fairly good, yeah. yeah it's looked back on fondly for the most part. Fondly, Well, by, by some people.
0: Oh, I remember the happy days when we would lay out all, uh, in the living room and watch this happy-go-lucky uh, fun movie. Those
1: halcyon days of youth when we would watch <laughs> Heathers, the the teen murder comedy. <laughs> oh, you gave away
0: the name of the movie already. Oops, oh no. The movie we're going to watch is the teen murder <laughs> comedy, as Steve said. I'm taking it from it's it. It's what it says on the I'm box. Gonna, I'm just going to blank out what he said. <laughs> Is that what it says on the box? No, I, don't I thought know. on the box it looked like any traditional teen romance.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's all look Christian Slater and Winona Ryder are hugging. What a sweet Aww. movie. They're they're having I, a little hug.
0: I hope they fuck after seven seven lines of dialogue. Oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> the movie we're going to review this time around is heathers steve do you have any trivia for heathers before we get into who made it
1: uh yeah a little known fact the title is derived from the fact that three of the main characters are named heather
0: that's not no it's not a trivia that's just something in the movie
1: okay so here's did
0: you know that in star wars there's a war and stars
1: (laughs) 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 this box of idiots trivial pursuit sucks (laughs) You'll never guess what the plot of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is. (laughs) (laughs) It has a really cool twist on the (laughs) historical story. Is Um, it
0: a gross misrepresentation of the Great Log Splitter?
1: (laughs) It's actually about Lincoln's early years as a wrestler. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I want Abe Lincoln Nazi punch.
1: Oh, yeah. He gets into a time machine, jumps forward to 1940, and he's... he's Four
0: score and seven years ago, I kicked your ass. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense.
1: <laughs> Axe in the face.
0: <laughs> Eat five rows of Illinois corn, asshole. <laughs> why, why are you pointing at your, your fist?
1: <laughs> oh. Please, someone, make this movie. If you happen to be watching, to listening to this podcast, and you steal anything from us, steal Abraham Lincoln Nazi Puncher. Please, God. In
0: my other podcast, we had a thing called, In let me finish, we had a thing called Time Kickers, where people would just travel through time and, and kick people. Maybe even the pregnant mother of Adolf Hitler well, right in the stomach, hence the name Time Kickers.
1: That's a so, series, though. That's not a movie. That's a series. That's a series. series. <laughs> that's a series. That has too much potential to just limit it to one, you know. All right. Uh, okay. All right. Anyway, I, I, I actually, trivia, I, I, I do have some some real trivia, um, and this will this will just break your heart. Um, okay. Young Christian Slater gets his big break, gives the one of the lead performances in this film. He was uh, a. Compar- He'd already had his big break. He, well, okay, but you know what I'm saying. He was compared to, uh, to Jack Nicholson because of his line deliveries and just his whole fucking vibe, basically. Yeah. Um, he said later that he actually did model his performance on Jack Nicholson intentionally, and he even wrote a letter to Jack Nicholson asking him to watch the film and let him know what he thought of the performance.
0: When Jack laughed and, and like Jack,
1: <laughs> Jack Nicholson did not write back. Oh. No. Tragic, tragic.
0: Do you have anything else?
1: Um, originally, instead of underlining meaningful passages in Moby Dick, they were going to underline meaningful passages in The Catcher in the Rye, but J.D. Salinger did not give them permission to use the book.
0: Nope, no matter how <laughs> bad the writer and director wanted them to, to do it.
1: Yeah. He was just like, nope. Look,
0: I've been associated with enough violent shit already. Can we not do that, please? Yeah,
1: please, no. Just No. <laughs>
0: So the writer used the only other book that he knew of. Well, he said, he said
1: he, let me find something public domain. <laughs> so they can't come right. at me for nothing. Yes, okay, anyway.
0: Well, I happen to know that Daniel Waters, the writer, mm-hmm. wanted his screenplay to be directed by someone other than um, the guy who directed it, which was Michael
1: Lehman. Right.
0: He wanted his screenplay to be directed by Stanley Kubrick.
1: Which would have been a very different movie
0: yeah, number one because Stanley would have rewritten it.
1: Yes, I, I can't imagine he would have rewritten it pretty significantly. Yeah,
0: which proves once again that Daniel Waters didn't know what the fuck he was doing when he sent the script to Stanley. Yeah, he's like, here, yeah, I know you've never directed anything that you didn't at least co-write.
1: Yeah, here, here's here's the sweat of my brow. Please take it and change everything about it.
0: I was so po- I was such a popular writer in high school, which he was apparently. Please, please do this. And Stanley would have probably thrown everything out. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. I was just giving dagger eyes to my daughter who decided to program, I don't know, the Encyclopedia Britannica into the stove (laughs) while recording the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have more. Okay. In 2010, Heather's was adapted into a stage musical. Ooh. Because this movie has stage musical written all over it,
1: doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It it practically (laughs) sings anyway.
0: And they developed, decided to develop into a TV series, which was going to premiere on March seventh of this year, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. For those people who are listening in the future, and also if you're listening into the future, please, is
1: it better? Is it better now? <laughs> how is long, it better? How long has civilization survived? Or are you listening
0: to this on your broken, shattered iPhone in a burning hovel as radioactive clouds lower <laughs>
1: down? In other words, if are that's you the li- case? <laughs>
0: Let me do this for you. It's going to be okay. Go to sleep. Just let go. Oh, wow, this got dark.
1: <laughs> but if it is,
0: travel through time and let us know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. let us know how much sub-
1: time we have left, please.
0: <laughs> so it was supposed to premiere on March 7th, 2018. But, um, in february twenty eighteen there was a high school shooting, yeah, and so they decided, "Hey, let's delay it a bit, and they did, and it came out, and no one liked it. so yay,
1: <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is there's really no good time in this era of American history to release a show based on this movie, I mean,
0: yeah, especially when it's based on characters where none of them are likable.
1: That's also a point, yeah.
0: Hard, it's a little hard. <laughs> what else are they gonna fucking try to make? I mean, I'm surprised the Breakfast Club has not been tried to make into a series.
1: Oh, I'm kind of surprised too. Yeah, that's coming.
0: And now that I've said it out loud, that's coming. I've that's coming. Us all. And
1: Molly Ringwald Don't... will be like the principal.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know? She'll be the principal. Yeah. Or maybe they'll be the kids of the characters from the movie.
1: Oh, that'd be perfect.
0: Yeah, melia Estevez can come out. He's, they're all still alive,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, shit. They could do it like... I'm surprised they just didn't make a, a sequel to The Breakfast Club called, called The Brunch Club. I hey. think we brought it up during... Yeah. yeah. Where they just keep meeting each other every ten years. Yeah,
1: like... Uh, and they
0: go, well, we were such assholes.
1: Yeah, like, like the 7-Up documentary series, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. You want to do Who Made It?
1: Let's do it, yeah. Let's get on I with don't. this. I want to. <laughs> I want to keep stalling. <laughs> Let's talk about more Michael Apted films.
0: Yeah. Okay. It was directed by Michael Lehman, who also directed 40 Days and 40 Nights, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, and mm-hmm. Hudson Hawk.
1: So, quite a career Michael has had. Quite a career.
0: <laughs> Hudson Hawk should have screwed you out of Hollywood, Michael.
1: Yeah, the, the the most impressive thing about his filmography is that there are entries after Hudson Hawk.
0: hmm. I think, you know, blind people who <laughs> never saw the film. Or watched it. That's yeah. the only thing I could think of. It was like, hey, you made Hudson Hogg with Bruce Willis, right? Yeah? Was that a hit? Sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was It was one of the most talked about films of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. It was produced by Denise Novi, who also produced Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Batman Returns, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Cabin Boy, and Ed Wood. She also produced a ton of other stuff. A lot of it having to do with Tim Burton.
1: Yeah. She so, she's a big shot. She's one of them big shot Hollywood producers.
0: That's right. Yeah. throwing her money. Yeah, around. written by Daniel Waters. <laughs> After this, Daniel went on to a great career where he wrote The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Yay! Bat- Batman Returns. Yay! Hudson Hawk. Yay! And Demolition Man.
1: Yay! <laughs>
0: Starring Winona Ryder as Veronica Sawyer. You all know who Winona Ryder is. I don't have to tell you what else she's done, but she was not the first choice.
1: No, no, I I know there were quite a few choices floated for this part before she got it.
0: And only three notable ones, that being Drew Barrymore, who said no, Justine Bateman, (laughs) who said what? And Jennifer Connelly, that said get away from me. And then they went to Winona Ryder. (laughs) Christian Slater is Jason J.D. Dean. Guess who they were going to wanted to cast before that? Who? Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, I heard that too. But they figured he was too nice, (laughs) and so they went with they went with Christian Slater. And then they said, "What is he doing? Is he does he think he's Jack Nicholson?" Shannon Doherty is Heather Duke. We all know Shannon Doherty. She was in that show. What was the show? I never watched it because I was too old. It was Bever- a bunch of numbers, right? Nine o two one zero. Beverly
1: Hills nine o two one zero.
0: That's right. That's right. And she went on to what else has she done? Uh, she did She's Charmed. There. Okay.
1: And probably and- something else. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna guess some Lifetime movies. I don't know, but probably. Mm-hmm. She's what I call ugly cute. Oh, now come on.
0: If her mouth is closed, she's cute. If her mouth is open, she kind of looks like a demon <laughs> that's going to kick. Gonna, if she's smiling, she she's, oh boy, that's not a good, I wouldn't want to see that in just from my face before I kiss her, because she'd eat my soul out. That's just a personal opinion. Hey, hey,
1: you know what, though? Some rides are worth the price of admission.
0: Mm-hmm. Lissanne Falk is Heather McNamara. Guess who they wanted to cast originally? Who did they? Or who wanted the role? Who? Heather Graham.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Kim Walker as Heather Chandler. Okay,
1: guess who they <laughs> wanted to cast? <laughs> they didn't get Heather Graham! Really? Mm-hmm. They should have just cast Heather Graham as all three Heathers. Yeah. <laughs> they should have had one body and three heads. Oh, perfect. And all three heads were Heather Graham's head. That's right. Lance
0: Fenton is Kurt Kelly. Patrick Labratro La, la Labratro la, lab, I don't know. I don't know either.
1: Laborto <laughs> Lab la, I don't fucking know.
0: As Ram Sweeney. Hey, guess what other movie he's been in?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Blazing Saddles. Oh, oh wow. Yeah,
1: he was like ten or something. Yeah, I was gonna say, like what ooh, okay. <laughs>
0: Penelope Milvert as Pauline Fleming. Renee Estevez as Betty Finn. Guess who
1: she's a kid of? That would be Ramon Estevez, a.k.a. Ooh, Charlie better- Sheen. Or Charlie Sheen. That's Martin, right. Sheen. Charlie Martin Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Martin That's Sheen. right. Martin Sheen. <laughs> One of the Sheens.
0: Carrie Lynn as Martha Dunstock. She goes by a different name in the movie that I'm not going to say because I'm not going to enable the bully. So there you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it's mean. It's mean, even if it is in quotation marks, I'm not going to say it. And Glenn Shadix, one of my favorite character actors ever, as Father Ripper. Oh, yes. You know you know him from one very, very popular role, and that would be Steve.
1: Wasn't he in um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No. Yeah, I think so. Steve,
0: oh, no, he wasn't. Wasn't he? he- no, he played Otho in Beetlejuice. Oh,
1: that's right! He was, yes! I knew I recognized him from somewhere. <laughs> I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: I handed it to Steve. I, this was the softest of softest. Listen, nerve
1: listen. I, you know <laughs> I don't prepare for this.
0: Unfortunately, we lost him uh, a few years ago. So, Oh, and speaking of which, I'm going to make this correction right here. In our The Thing uh, uh, review, I implied that... Um, why? What? I want to see Martin Lando but that's not it. The guy who played Gary. Oh, Donald um, Moffat. Donald Moffat was dead. He's not dead. He's retired. Same thing. It's not the same thing. He, he's enjoying his retirement. He's, Leave him alone. He's
1: dead to the film-going audience. There you go. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's a, uh, well. That's, that's why I didn't correct you. And also, uh-huh. I didn't really know.
0: Music by David Newman. Cinematography by Ken Francis Kenney. Edited by Norman Holland. Production Company, Cinemark Entertainment. Distributed by New World Pictures. Release date, March 31st, 1989. Running time, too long. Running time, <laughs> 103 <laughs> minutes. Budget, $3 million. Box office, $1.1 $1. $1 million. Hmm... So how come we're talking about this if it failed in the box office, Steve?
1: Because it has since become a cult movie.
0: Yeah, it's become a cult movie, and then it rises rises above cult status when everyone knows about it. Yes. Once everyone knows about <laughs> it, it's not a cult movie anymore.
1: It's become well, it's one of those like I kind kind of like uh, to a to a, a similar degree like what happened with the thing where it, just, it got huge on home video when they started playing it on cable. People yeah, but just the started thing seeing it. it. Okay, yeah. Well, had... I'm,
0: stuff there that was good. I'm not comparing... excellent.
1: I'm not comparing the artistic merit of the films.
0: You you sounded like you were. Well, I wasn't. All right, fine. God.
1: All right, Why can't we ever have a conversation without fighting about Heathers?
0: I'm sorry. Can we... Can we... Can we... Can we go on? Yes. Can we
1: recap the plot? Let's recap the plot, please. Oh, (laughs) boy.
0: Let's try to recap the plot of a movie that I watched no more than two hours ago and can barely remember. (sighs) Steve, let's uh, get our shoulder pads on. Oh yeah. We gotta have these great big huge shoulder pads. Here we go. Get a swatch watch on. Yeah. Put a scrunchie in our hair.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm gonna wear a long black trench coat.
1: <laughs> Ominously.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, that's not ever gonna come back to haunt this movie, is it? Why,
1: why would you even say that?
0: I'm going to bring a gun to school. Why not? That's not going to haunt this this movie at all, right, Steve? Nope. I'm going to have date rape in the movie and not really comment on it or seem to care about it, right, Steve?
1: Nope.
0: That'll never come back and damage no, this, mover, this movie. This
1: right? movie no. This movie there aren't any unforeseen consequences or or, or subsequent right. events that have, you know, forced us to look at parts of this movie in a different light at all.
0: That's right. And let's run in away from the film. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Steve, uh-huh. take it away.
1: Okay, so we start with three young women and they're sitting in a little garden. And they're talking or something.
0: And they're doing something that any normal American teenager can identify with, right? We've all spent long summer days engaged in this activity, haven't we, Steve?
1: Well, I, I know it was a huge part of my childhood, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: We're talking about croquet. Playing everybody. croquet in
1: our back in our friend's humongous backyard, yeah.
0: That's right. Yeah. We all have had that experience, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Who, who hasn't? Totally it? relatable. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Obviously. so what happens?
1: Well, they're playing croquet, and then it, it's revealed that they're whacking their croquet balls at somebody's head. And, oh, it's Winona Ryder's head. Why are they doing that?
0: And why is she buried in the lawn?
1: Because it's, and- it's a funny reveal at the end of the credit sequence.
0: Oh, is it a dream?
1: It's not really clear, is it?
0: <laughs> no, it's not at all.
1: <laughs> I don't know what a, it is.
0: It's not even a little bit. She's just... Up to her head in grass, not even dirt, she's just her head sticking up, and then a croquet ball hits her head, and it's funny, yeah, because we don't know who she is or who they are, right or anything. it's just funny,
1: and then she starts narrating
0: oh good. So where are we now while she's narrating? Well,
1: we cut to uh, her in high school and and she's sitting on the steps writing in her diary, which is the source of her narration. And then yeah. the three girls who are all named Heather and who are like her best friends walk up to her and and they they have a pro- this is I think this is where they make a proposal that she forge uh, a note yeah, in the handwriting of one of the star football players and, right. and give it to a, a an overweight, unpopular, bullied girl uh, to yeah. make her think that he's got the hots for her because it'll be funny. Yeah,
0: it'll be funny. It'll be funny. And the entire time I'm listening to the music and the music's so, so wacky as they're playing this prank. I'm the only overweight person in school as near as I can tell. Apparently, yeah. And I would like to say that after the narration and listening to these bitches talk, the I can say, as a teen of the 80s, nobody talked like this. No, nobody. Nobody? You, nobody. I think it's the dialogue of an angry teen who didn't like high school.
1: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: I'm serious. I'm to- totes serious. I just
1: don't... <laughs> <laughs> you just said people don't talk like that! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
0: So what do they do during their lunchtime, Steve, if they're not playing cruel jokes on people? Well,
1: they do this thing that... Yeah, I'm sure all of the popular kids in your high school did this, too. That is, they, they walk around uh, the cafeteria and they, they take a poll. Oh. You know, what the, the, which is... I mean, all the popular kids at my school did that every day.
0: Was there a reason why they're taking a poll?
1: Apparently not.
0: Okay. And what is the question they're asking everybody? The
1: question today... Is if you inherited five million dollars, but yeah. then the aliens came and said they were going to destroy the earth in two days, what would yeah. you spend the money on?
0: I would bribe the aliens not to do it
1: that now see that is a good answer that is a much better answer than I think any of the people that we hear their answers give
0: they're all stupid yeah well they're well they're they're, they're, all, they're high school kids they're all stupid. Here's my question that would be on the poll. you want to know what what's it is? what's your question so you're obviously thirty. Why are you here? <laughs>
1: What went wrong in your life?
0: You're obviously 30 years old. Why are you in high school?
1: <laughs> and apparently only a junior.
0: Yeah. Not even so a senior. this is the section where characters say stuff about character details out loud. Right. Where they just say things about themselves and, you know, the school out loud to people who probably already know what what's going, because that's what... That's what good scripts it's, do, right, it's, Steve? It's, it's
1: called exposition.
0: It's called unneeded, stupid exposition. These characters are literally saying out loud what they're clearly demonstrating through the visual media of film.
1: Exactly. It's called It's called filmmaking. It's called storytelling, <laughs> Jason. Don't you know?
0: Oh, I'm...
1: Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that thing that you don't like You're when I do it. doing that
0: thing that makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and but one of the Heathers is bulimic. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, eating disorders. It's,
0: it's that funny? Wah, wah, wah. One one of my classmates died from bulimia.
1: So you must have... It's
0: so funny. <laughs> you must
1: have thought this part was hilarious.
0: It's so great, yeah, because that's something you want to make fun of, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, exactly, an eating disorder that, that affects people's lives and, you know, ruins, uh-huh. ruins the lives of people. Yeah. Uh,
0: but uh-oh... Jason D we see a Jason D and he's he's wearing all dark clothes and he's real sketchy yeah and he sits all by himself and he looks like a creepy weirdo but Veronica goes up to him and asks him the question about the 5 million dollars and the aliens and what he says Steve.
1: I I honestly don't remember
0: yeah cuz it's
1: it's insipid. I honestly what don't remember what
0: he says is I would probably take a a boat out to the middle of the lake with I think booze yeah yeah and and some Bach
1: yeah fuck you because he's (laughs) because he's sensitive he's smart and sensitive
0: He's smart and edgy he's he's one of these pricks that likes to pretend that he's smarter than everybody else because he knows thing knows a couple of things and he uses big words when in fact I'm fairly certain that is the only time he's ever said the word the name Bach. And that's probably the only time the writer has ever mentioned the word Bach yeah.
1: either. And also it's probably just his his, you know, colloquial teenage abbreviation for Bachman Turner overdrive. <laughs>
0: No, no, that's BTO. What are you talking but, about? But he's
1: cool. He wouldn't say BTO. He would say Bach.
0: Not if he's a true BTO head.
1: He's, he he colors outside the lines. I he's not great. he's not that orthodox. Means,
0: that means he's functionally impaired. Because if he's that age and still coloring outside of the lines, that's something I mastered when I was five. <laughs> I don't know if people know how stupid that makes them sound when they say, "Well, I color outside the lines." Oh well, good for you. So
1: you missed the point of coloring. <laughs> good, good.
0: <laughs> Do you still wear a nappy too? <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, anyway, so Veronica's like, because she's kind of likes the the sketchy, creepy weird. Oh, well, sure,
1: right? yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, they have they 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 hit it off. Yeah,
0: yeah, but uh oh the jocks are gonna pick on JD yeah because, because
1: they were they were just talking about how they would love to have made a Veronica and Heather sandwich so they kind of have the hots for Veronica and now here's this right. this, this weird new guy like chatting her up so yeah they yeah
0: so they're gonna go and he comes up and the and they're in all in JD's face and um what does JD do
1: oh okay well he does this thing where um he, he pulls a gun on him
0: yeah he pulls out a three fifty seven magnum and shoots the audience, yeah, yeah, just like and in the then, great
1: train robbery, so you know, just
0: like in the great train robbery, so a uh, creepy, sketchy kid sitting by himself, wearing a long black overcoat. Who whips out a gun in a cafeteria? That's that's hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. That's that's so
1: funny. Yeah. And then we cut to the girls playing croquet again. And apparently, uh, JD was able to fire a gun point blank into someone's face in school and not be punished at all because right. he was because he he was low. He was shooting blanks. That's, it's, so it's hey, guess fine. It's, it's harmless.
0: Blanks are dangerous at less than a foot. So. Oh yeah. If, well, you know. It would have killed him anyway, but it's okay because it just blanks and he doesn't even get suspended or expelled for it, does In he? In fact,
1: it's never mentioned again.
0: Nope. It's just one of those things.
1: <laughs> the eighties. <80s. laughs>
0: yeah, but now they're playing croquet again and there's gonna be a party or something and oh yeah, the prom.
1: Yeah, the prom's right? coming up and they're going and the the, the lead Heather uh is going to a, a, a party at a local college and she's taking Veronica with her.
0: Yeah, and Veronica better do it right. Otherwise it's gonna be keggers for the rest of the year or something.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure what the hierarchy is here. Like, okay, so keggers are bad. But, but frat parties are frat good. Frat parties that aren't keggers which I are good. I, which I have to so imagine is a relatively small subcategory of frat parties. I mean
0: Yeah, I've gotta diagram this out later. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I whatever it is. That's what they talk about. And then her parents come up and eat pate in the middle of the afternoon. And they have a brief conversation. And then she goes, well, I got to go by. And then we cut to a convenience store. Yeah. And she's in there getting corn nuts for Heather. And JD's there. Yeah, And he's still a sketchy weirdo. And, of course, he rides a motorcycle because he's
1: cool. Well, yeah. Motorcycles are for cool people.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, oh! But don't just when you were thinking. Oh, I bet he lives on the wrong side of the tracks and he's poor. You can breathe a sigh of relief, everybody, because turns out his daddy's rich too, just like all the other rich kids that we see in this movie, right? Steve? Absolutely,
1: his daddy is like a he's a he's a demolition mogul. Yeah, yeah, and
0: so he's got a motorcycle, and and he's like, I don't like your friends, and she's like, I don't know if I like him either, and then she goes to a party. Right.
1: Yeah, she go. Well, she goes to the aforementioned party at whatever. What? What is it? Uh, Remington U- Remington University. I yeah.
0: don't fucking care. So we get this told to us as she journals angrily while wearing a monocle.
1: Yes, <laughs> somewhat of an affectation. I found
0: when whenever she journals, she has to put the monocle in.
1: Well, it's her journal and, and I monocle. looked up
0: the script for this piece of shit, and it's in the script that she wears a monocle. That wasn't something from the art department or the director. That's in the <laughs> fucking script. Hey,
1: well, no, no. Let's just try it with a monocle. Let's see how it goes.
0: Yeah. hmm And now she wants to kill Heather Prime. Because...
1: <laughs> Heather Prime. That's what we have to call her.
0: Because apparently she got drunk. She set fire to a ca- trash can. She threw up, and then got into a fight with with Heather Pry.
1: Right, right, right. And Heather was pissed off because it because it ruined the party.
0: Yeah, yeah. and we get a little tiny thing where Heather gives a blowjob to a guy, but she feels bad about it.
1: Right, for like right? for like, for like five seconds. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's character building, right?
1: Well, yeah, she's a well-rounded yeah. person. Absolutely, she has feelings, you know.
0: And just when we're going, oh, okay, because. Uh, A guy tells Veronica at the party, hey, let's have sex, and she's like, I'm not gonna, and then she leaves. Yep. Yeah, she went through hell.
1: (laughs) Hey, you you haven't walked in her shoes.
0: I don't want (laughs) to, because I know where those shoes are going. Okay. Okay, so uh, as she's doing this, as she's angrily journaling, uh, oh, look, the creepy, sketchy guy is climbing through your window. Yeah, just like- Isn't that great? Just like
1: Edward in Twilight, only somehow creepier- (laughs)
0: Yeah, much more creepier. And instead of getting maced out the window, he's like, "Hey, you're set up for croquet in the in the backyard." And we've had exactly ten lines of dialogue between the two of us. Let's fuck now. Yep. And so that's that's what they do, guys. We don't get a sex scene. I know you guys are like, "There's a missing Winona Ryder sex scene." No, there isn't anywhere. She, I think they just cut. Well, it and her.
1: I think she was like seventeen at the time this was made. So I mean,
0: yeah, you pervert. So what? Uh, I mean, Christian Slater was 17 in the name of the rose, and you see his dick.
1: You pervert.
0: <laughs> I didn't make the fucking movie. Anyway, they're, they're laying in the backyard, and they're talking about stuff. And what do they talk
1: about? Well, um, Veronica is, uh, it turns out she, she's a really smart kid. And
0: well, yeah because the script wants to let us know she's.
1: Yeah. And she was never She's so super smart. She's super smart, but just like recently she got super popular. She got in with the Veronica or with the Heathers and became like one of the popular girls and she hates it because she hates she doesn't like the Heathers but she feels trapped by them, trapped by her popularity and she wants to kill Heather Prime.
0: Yeah. And, oh, look, the the sketchy poser wants to kill Heather Prime, too. So they break into Heather Prime's house that morning. Yep. And um, this super smart girl watches as her lover, I guess, (sighs) pours drain cleaner into a cup. Yep. And she's like, stop it, stop it. And he's like, sits the cup next to, because what they want to do is they want to give her something that'll make her throw up. So she's going to give her milk and orange juice, which I don't think would do no. it. No. And he's like, let's give her a drain cleaner. And she's like, stop. <laughs> and then they go upstairs and they wake her up and then they trick her into drinking, like downing the drain cleaner. Yeah. Which by the way is a form of acid.
1: Yeah. It probably wouldn't go down that easy
0: nope, nor would it be blue
1: but <laughs> nor would you die instantly without a horrifying death scene
0: yeah, in which blood and phlegm and parts of your yeah. own, own flesh as it melts yes, you would, comes up out of your mouth you,
1: you would be regurgitating your throat basically, it's, it mm, would be horrific
0: twitch and convulse, it would be awful yeah. and, uh, but that doesn't happen she drinks it and then she chokes a little bit and she falls over after saying corn nuts
1: Right. Yeah, which is kind of like, you know, oh, Rosebud, what did she mean by that? I, I right. guess she just it's... really likes corn nuts, though, if you think about it.
0: So uh, then they decide this super smart girl and her skeevy, gross, murderous boyfriend decide to make it look like a suicide, right? Right. So they're going to leave a note. And so it's confirmed there is nobody likable in this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, the likability does kind of take a hit when you not only murder <laughs> someone but then you conspire to make it look like a suicide.
0: Because Veronica's is stupid as a box of farts. I don't care how hard the script is trying to tell us that she's smart. She ain't. Anyway, she's good so at forging
1: handwriting though. I mean, that's something.
0: Right. So, um we go to the school and the people who run the school are awful and they're talking about we're not going to close the school for a suicide and it's obvious that the teachers don't care except for the hippie who wants to use the suicide as like a teaching thing, right? Right. And uh, Veronica takes a shower fully clothed so that we know she's really upset. Well,
1: yeah, she wants to cleanse her sin, see? It's symbolic. Get it? Because, Yeah.
0: No, keep going. I want. No, hear. she
1: wants. I mean, she's feeling dirty because of what she if did. If you're going
0: to defend the film in a joking fashion, you're going to defend the film. <laughs> she's in a joking fashion. She's <laughs>
1: feeling dirty because of what she did. So she she stands under the shower, hoping that that the waters will will wash away her sins. Like oh, you know, yeah. like does like that, the waters that, of baptism.
0: Does does that work? No. Okay. Now we cut to the hippie teacher, who has everyone sitting, and they're going to talk about the suicide. And somehow somehow, the teacher has heather prime's suicide note not not the police <laughs> Veronica's whatever the fuck she teaches teacher has the suicide note that they then pass around and 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 talk to each other right yeah right yeah. right, right Steve? that's
1: absolutely right
0: because the police never bother to take fingerprints from the cup or find their fingerprints in the room. Or anything. They don't bother. They they just see Suicide Note, and they just go, Okie dokie, boss, and then they just, it's a suicide Well, I think
1: that's probably the most realistic part of the movie. It isn't, but okay. The the (laughs) clueless local yokel cops take the easiest possible solution and then head down to Uh the donut shop because their job is done as far as they're concerned.
0: You forgot. You forgot, Steve. These are rich white people.
1: Oh, that's right. Leave no stone unturned. uh (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, um, And then at the school, oh, the hypocrites. People are pretending to miss Heather. And they thought, oh, she's so deep. And suicide. It's hilarious. Teen suicide is so so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then we go to JD's house. And JD and his dad are weird. Yeah, they have this
1: um, this little shtick that they do where they talk to each other like the father is the son and the son is the father.
0: Right, yeah. and uh, he doesn't have a mom or something.
1: Right, something happened to his mom.
0: Yeah, and then we get a repeat scene with Veronica's parents. The same scene that we had before, barely changed from the previous one. Get it? Get it? Get it? I, it's the same, They're even eating pate. I get it. Which is the only thing that her parents seem to eat. Get it? Because this is funny satire.
1: <laughs> I get it.
0: I'm sure you do, Steve. I, I get it. And now we go to the church, and Otho gives a great sermon for Heather.
1: (laughs) Yes, he does.
0: Because he's the only person that kind of gets away unscathed a little bit. And I think he's the only one that knows that he's in a satire. (laughs) And now we can hear inside everybody's head as they pray in front of the body, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, And then then, uh, one of the football players uh, Mm -hmm. prays something uh, perverse. And yeah. sexual, uh, yeah, Ver- and inappropriate. And inappropriate. And Veronica is like, okay, so yeah, I kind of murdered her, but you know, I'm sorry. No,
0: she doesn't admit to that. She, in fact, she emphatically says, "I didn't kill her." But I'm like, yeah, but you did cover it up. You're, com- so. You're
1: complicit.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's okay because now she's after it. it turns out she's going to go on a double date with he- Heather Beta.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the and the two football jocks.
0: Yeah, and then we have a breakaway scene where the jocks speed up a guy and make him say that he loves Dick. Yeah, because that's funny. Yeah, it's funny. That's that's funny, right? He Steve? Uh, he
1: does get a little a little shot in of his own though. You know, where because at first you know they're holding him in the half Nelson and and they're saying you know yeah. say I love say I love Dick or whatever, and he says um, okay okay I'll say it you love Dick and then you know
0: yeah because because you know and the only people injured by that were gay guys so it's okay. and who cares. It's
1: the 80s. So she's
0: like, okay, let's go out just as long as we don't drunkenly go cow tipping. And then guess what happens? Uh,
1: smash cut to them cow tipping in a cow pasture.
0: That's right. And then smash cut to um, Ram try, uh, basically date raping Heather as the other Heather abandons her and leaves. Yep. Right, right, Steve? Yes. And we just see that in the background. And I guess it's f- funny because date rape cause, – because date rapes um, – funny and then jd's there and he can see that going on but then instead he says hey let's go get a get a a slushie right steve right and he takes her away yippee because
1: jd's not a very nice guy
0: that whole scene was worth it and so then we go to the school paper and they're doing a huge memorial issue and lance is spreading rumors about her And they're saying that they both she had sex she gave them both blowjobs at the same time and now I guess they gotta die, yes, right? That's
1: right. Her bloodlust cannot be sated. Another has wronged so, me, another must fall.
0: So Let me get this straight, Steve. Yes, The guy whose last plan killed someone, and this time his plan is that he's just gonna scare Lance and Ram and our protagonist who's real smart, Steve yes. is so fucking stupid that she goes along with it. Hey, do you want to talk about the stupid plan that our moron protagonist agrees to? Sure,
1: let's talk about it. So, okay. so JD's plan involves Veronica inviting uh, the two football players uh-huh. out to the woods to have like a right. threesome with her. And, and right. once they have been drawn into the woods, the plan is that they will shoot them with these magic bullets... That JD's grandfather supposedly got from Germany during World War II,
0: because the Germans were all about non-lethality. Yeah
1: that, are, yeah, that are and exactly they're they're supposedly they're non-lethal bullets that you shoot they're,
0: them. And he says they're anesthetic bullets. Yeah, they
1: go they break the skin just enough to cause bleeding, and the anesthetic knocks you out. But it, but they don't kill you because that's a real thing. And she goes, Whoa, <laughs> terrific! Wow, they look just like real bullets. Uh huh. Um,
0: and oh, since being gay is the most shameful and hilarious thing ever, they will make them look like they're gay, and they're going to plant gay magazines on them and sparkling water and uh, what else? Something else and like a candy um, dish
1: or something. Yeah.
0: And it's them talking about how they're going to use homophobia as a funny joke that they decide to have sex again or something, right? Because it brings them closer together as a couple.
1: Exactly. Well, you know, whenever you do something together, I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah.
0: So in the woods, they kill him. <laughs> yes, after a,
1: after a thrilling foot chase. Yeah,
0: after a thrilling foot chase where uh, J.D. seems to vorpal warp a couple of times to get in ahead of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they both kill. He kills one, and she kills the other one. She she kills somebody. She shoots. She shoots a guy in the chest. Right,
1: right. She earns her bones.
0: Yeah, she earns her bones.
1: Now she's and, now she can be a maid woman.
0: Yeah, and instead of going, "What have I done?" Oh, here comes the police. They run away from the police. Right. Yeah. And now she's definitely a murderer. She is. She is a murderer. She was before, but now she definitely is. She was she's, a manslaughterer yeah. and a murderer. Now she's both.
1: <laughs> now she's a good old first degree murderer.
0: And it sure is a good thing that the cops in this town, unmotivated by the fact that the rich white kids in town seem to be killing themselves, <laughs> that they're so f- fucking stupid that they buy the planted evidence, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, oh, looks yeah, like look. another
1: suicide. They were
0: gay. <laughs> and gay teens killing themselves. Boy, that's that's funny, huh, Steve? That's so funny. That's not hilarious.
1: As, not as such.
0: Uh, no, I want to hear you defend it, Mr. Defender. Defend it. They,
1: they. You're well, learning a lesson here what, today. What, what, what happened was the homo. The joke was if on you the homophobic off, people, and the, the, it the,
0: wasn't. But okay, the, keep going.
1: The, the the people who did the killing were using the homophobia against them because they I, knew it was bad.
0: Are you bleeding inside and, now? <laughs> 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 I take it back. This review was worth it. Anyway, so... <laughs> they argue out loud, screaming at each other about how they murdered those guys in the school parking lot. Yeah. And because the scriptwriter is an idiot, he makes Veronica burn herself with a cigarette lighter in the car because that way we know she feels bad. Yes. By the way, that's one of the magic burns that apparently burns so hot that JD can light a cigarette off it but (laughs) also disappears instantaneously because her hand's never bandaged and there's never a mark on her (laughs) hand.
1: It's one of those burns that requires no treatment whatsoever.
0: Mm -hmm. He says in The Thing, all they had to offer were date rapes and AIDS jokes. Kind of like this movie. (laughs) Oh shit! Butch. Oh. <laughs> okay, so then they go to the funeral for the dudes, right? Yep,
1: yep. And they're laid out side by side in yep. their football helmets. Mm-hmm.
0: And our protagonist, along with her skeevy, gross boyfriend, are giggling at the funeral of the guys they murdered. Yep. Oh, but she feels bad because the little sisters crying, and she turns around and looks at her. oh, down. She feels bad all of a sudden for feeling good, right? Well, complex yeah. emotions. <laughs> you know, I, w- I would just like to put forward that if she felt really bad and didn't want this to continue on, she could just immediately go forward and tell the police.
1: But, you know... Well, I mean, she could. Yeah, she could. But, she could. You know, <laughs> Who wants to go to prison? I mean, come on.
0: Oh, good. More monocle journaling. I just want to shove that monocle up her ass, Steve. I hate it. That monocle has come to represent everything I hate in this movie. Hey, I come really- on, she...
1: What she's a she's a she's a teenager, man.
0: She's a pretentious fuckwit. She oh she's exactly like the person that wrote this. Someone who thinks they're so fucking smart. Right, Steve?
1: Yes.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> Go back to the school staff. And it's still awful, except now they want to listen to the hippie woman. And she wants to do a rally, right?
1: You're right, and to bring the media and show everybody... Because she
0: finally has suicides at her school, and she can do all this stuff, and she's happy about it, right? Because adults yeah. are awful, too. Everybody's all. Everybody <laughs> and everything is awful. Except maybe Betty, who we haven't even mentioned because she's barely in this movie.
1: She does seem nice, though.
0: Betty is one of her friend's before she became popular right. who she ignores or you know has lost track of or whatever right jd and her talk again and jd says something so stupid that i literally wrote chaos didn't kill the dinosaurs jd you fuckhead <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure that 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 asteroid had something to do with it.
0: Yeah, because they're back at JD's house and they're arguing, and she feels bad, and it's all chaos, and he likes chaos, and and he says chaos killed the dinosaurs, and it's like no, and then oh, we find out that JD's mom committed suicide because so that's why he's a psychopath. Right. She went into one of the buildings that his father was demolishing and then he was there for some reason and close enough to the building to see his mom there and didn't get killed in the blast, but it's, you know, that's you had to have to do research in order to do that and this writer wasn't interested and like that, he wanted a great visual that you know, so that's why oh no, Veronica and JD broke up (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i think it it finally dawns on veronica that jd is kind of a psychopath and yeah. she's like i so don't know she if goes i want to
0: the police right
1: no no actually that's not what she does no okay well, no well, she doesn't
0: so now we get jd and he finds heather omega who has now become <laughs> who who's might become heather prime and he's right. all like i'm gonna kind of blackmail you I'm going to, these, all these pictures of you hanging out with that overweight girl back in the day, I'll let these pictures all out unless you do something for me. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, you're going to become Heather Prime and also hand out this, get this petition signed, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get everybody in the school to sign this petition.
0: So that we can bring a band here whose song is Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Yes. Yeah. And so um, all it took was a few murders for Veronica to start hanging out with her old friend Betty again.
1: Yeah. You know, something happens and it puts your life in perspective.
0: Yeah. And everyone's yeah. talking about suicide, suicide, suicide. Everyone's talking about it and everyone's and then Martha, the woman, girl that they made fun of earlier in the movie, actually attempts suicide. Yeah, by walking into traffic. But it turns out she's okay. She's all right, right? Because Because yeah. she's in stable condition. She's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's fine. And then
0: we cut to Veronica's parents watching TV, and Veronica whines about wanting to be treated like a human being, and all this other pointless flabber-jabbery. And this is the only time in this entire movie that I actually laughed out loud. And the line was, we don't want to be patronized like we're bunny rabbits. And her father says, I don't patronize bunny rabbits. (laughs) Which is the only time I laughed. It was, it was, I was, I laughed unexpectedly because the rest of the time I was just like, if I could create the color black around me, there was so much of it around me right now, Steve. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> then Heather Beta calls a radio show And exposes her feelings
1: Yeah, yeah And, and uh, Veronica even, and, yeah. and Heather Omega are listening And Veronica's like oh, Heather Beta yeah. knows we listen to this show Yeah
0: It's like gonna, she's oh, confessing to us Right Yeah. And then I wrote Fuck you, Monocle That's all I have here
1: <laughs> Monocle I don't,
0: I don't know I don't know what scene it was But I do know Based on context clues Since it says Monocle It means that she was probably journaling with her monocle right
1: you would imagine so yes yeah that okay. would make sense
0: uh, now Heather beta is gonna try to commit suicide with pills because everybody knows and they're all laughing at her right right and uh, Veronica goes in and stops her
1: yeah she makes her spit out all the pills
0: and her her and her her and Heather bond or something sure <laughs> <sighs> and so now jD um, they got all of the petitions to sign with the band and then he meets up with her again and, oh, Veronica found out that it's JD's idea and JD's still a creepy weirdo who wants to, who he still wants to be with Veronica, right? Right. Well, but sure. She's like, she's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> and then she goes home and JD told her parents that she might kill herself. And, um then, I guess, he starts threatening her, too. Yeah. And I guess he's gonna kill her, because we see her outside with, like, a gun. And, oh, no, then they get enough, they decide that they're gonna kill Heather Omega, because... Right. Because Heather Omega is becoming Heather Prime, and they bust into a, her house, and they get a knife, and they make a lot of noise, and, oh, good, I'm, I'm, I guess the parents aren't home, because they're making a bunch of noises, and then, oh, never mind, because it's a fucking dream!
1: Yay!
0: And then I wrote more monocle diary <laughs> monocle diary
1: <laughs> damn
0: it so so now it turns out that j d is actually going to shoot her because this time it's not a dream right
1: right, and he climbs up through a window and he and he comes into her bedroom and oh no she she hanged herself
0: yeah. And so J.D. does whatever he does. Whenever anybody does, he starts monologuing in front of a corpse, in which he basically tells her everything
1: that's going on, right? Exactly. He, He details his evil plan. Which was? Which is? Well, first of all, they weren't really signing a petition to get a band to come. They were signing a letter that basically said, uh, "Fuck high school," and we're all going to blow up our high school, and that'll show you everybody. We're all going to
0: die. Yeah, yeah, it's we're a mass all going to die.
1: It's a mass suicide. How did he and- get
0: him to not find out that part?
1: Oh well, he had like a label or a piece of paper over the top of the petition, which he then cuts off for our benefit, so we can see that he was hiding. What it actually said, okay, so
0: all right, and then, um so uh, who am I supposed to root for now?
1: Oh, since um, I don't
0: like anybody and i don't lo- I don't care anymore. Do I do I root for the murderer that feels bad or the one that doesn't feel bad? Which one I, which one do, which murderer do I root for, Steve?
1: I think in your situation, you should be rooting for the dynamite. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. All right. Just root for so, the
1: bombs to go off.
0: Now that she knows that the school is about to blow up and everybody's going to go going to die, she goes to the police, right? Uh,
1: no. No, she Wha- just goes to school.
0: Oh, well that's right. And she pulls a gun on him. Yeah, yes. Where'd the gun come from?
1: uh from the well uh, the gun drawer <laughs> Her house probably has a gun drawer and she's like I'm just going to borrow this. The
0: same gun that they've been using throughout the whole movie, the 357 Magnum? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He just I'm, I guess I would she, have
0: settled for out of her ass cuz that's she, that would have been acceptable because uh we have no reason for her to have that gun, do we?
1: No, not not as such.
0: Yeah. But he's down in a boiler room, and he's going to blow up, he's going to set off the dynamite, and he's going to set up dynamite that's under the bleachers, because that's where they're having the all, let's all hold hands about suicide rally, right? Yeah. And um, then there's boiler room antics with antics where they all fight. Yeah. And she blows off his middle finger with a gun. <laughs>
1: Good shot, by the way.
0: And then she shoots him a couple more times, and then we find out that you can defuse a, a bomb with a switchblade knife.
1: Yeah, just stab it. You just stab the dynamite, and stab it stops. It
0: and then the dynamite dies.
1: Yeah, yeah. The di- oh, forget it. I'm not blowing up if you're going to stab me.
0: Uh-huh. And then she walks out into the middle of the rally, and she's all bloody, and, and no one cares, and she goes outside... And oh good, JD's still alive, right? Yeah, yes,
1: yes He comes, out of the, he comes walking out of the door like Hey, wow <laughs> Uh huh.
0: Nice job Except Now he's got a bomb strapped to his body And then he walks about five feet away And he's trying to set the bomb off And Veronica just stands there and that's like six sticks of dynamite, right, Steve?
1: Oh, it's it's a lot of dynamite. Yeah, it's, it's just as dynamite. much. It's just as much as he tied underneath the bleachers.
0: And she's standing at the top of the stairs to the auditorium. She's maybe twenty feet away. I don't know, maybe thirty feet away. Yeah, I'm fairly certain the six feet of dynamite <laughs> from that range would have killed her and blown all the windows out of the school. Oh,
1: yeah, blow take all, it off the front of the school, probably.
0: Yeah, but all yeah. you really hear is kind of like a poof, pop, a boom.
1: Yep. Right? Not even a big enough explosion to get people inside to really do more than turn their heads. Yeah. They're just like, oh, what was that? Anyway.
0: But it's okay, because she's fine. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, it's like a Roadrunner cartoon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's just all smoky. And no cops are called. No, why would you call cops?
1: Not that they would do anything anyway. (laughs) No, they would say, it looks like another suicide.
0: And then... uh... And then she walks back in school. She takes the red scrunchie off of uh, Heather Omega. Yeah. Puts it on and says, "What, Steve?"
1: She says, "There's a new sheriff in town."
0: I hope he's good at police work.
1: Oh, me too. He has a lot of unsolved murders to get after.
0: <laughs> and then she runs into who, Steve?
1: She runs into the overweight girl, uh, Martha.
0: Martha. And yeah. Ma- and she's in a like a little jazzy scooter.
1: Yeah, because I guess she's she's injured. she she's been hobbled from her suicide attempt, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's okay of all the murders that she did, because now she's a better person. And she's like, hey, you want to come over to my house instead of going to the prom and have popcorn? And and Martha's like, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, and then she does a couple laps around, around Veronica.
0: Yeah, and then they sit down, and now the, the, I guess the movie's over, because the, the credits have started. Yay. And it's the end.
1: The end.
0: So, Steve?
1: Yes, my friend.
0: What's your opinion of uh-huh. this hilarious teen <clears throat> comedy about teen gay suicide, <laughs> teen suicide, school shootings, terrorism with bombs, <laughs> bulimia? How do you feel about Heathers? I loved it.
1: <laughs> um, I didn't love it, but... <laughs> But, and I I, I, I will I, I have to admit, I, I also didn't hate it. Okay. Um, I didn't think it was perfect, but there was a stretch about in the middle of it where, where for me it hits kind of a sweet spot and I just thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has, a, it has a very, very bad beginning and I think it has a bad ending. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of, it takes a while to get, up to speed, and then it just kind of falls apart in the last act, where it's be- it becomes like an action movie where they're fighting in the boiler room over a bomb, and it's just like, oh, okay. Um, but the the middle stretch from from a, from the first Heather murder. Uh, up until when it becomes obvious that JD plans to blow up the school, the, f- for the most part, that that middle stretch, that second act, uh, I think is pretty good, and and it, I laughed quite a bit at a lot of that stuff. It, it um, sick I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, I did, and look, it's I I get completely what 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 you were saying in in your in, in the synopsis and when you get to your review, I imagine I'll agree with most of what you have to say. That it, is, it is very, very cynical. Like, it's not just a dark comedy. It's very cynical. Um, it doesn't have much good to say about anybody. I mean, par- parents suck. Kids suck. Teachers suck. Everything is just bleak and awful and hopeless. And, you know, it has a very, very bleak view of, of the world. Yeah, um, Which, which i'm not a huge fan of but i have but i have to admit i have to admit that i laughed i laughed at a lot of the movie yes it is there are parts that are very pretentious yes there are parts where it's obvious that the screenwriter was thinking of himself as a lot more clever than he actually is um there are quite a few points where it's 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 reach out, you know, exceeds its grasp. Where you can tell it's trying to make a point, but it doesn't quite make it the way it's it wants to. Um, for instance, the uh, the stuff about framing the football players as gay, you know, yeah. where where yeah, I I, I bet you are rolling on the floor. I, oh, this is hilarious! <laughs> Actually, there were parts there were parts of that like the the, the, the like the odd detail of like the sparkling water symbolizing uh, yeah. the two of them being gay, and when that when the two when when one of the cops picks it up. You know, at the scene where the 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 first cop says, "You know, "Oh, the two football stars, gay, I can't believe it and the other guy he picks up the sparkling water he's like, "Well, what do you make of this?" and they're like, "Oh shit, you know like mm-hmm. that settles it like I thought that was funny um that this this like why why is this why is that the 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 ironclad proof that they were definitely gay that they had sparkling water um but so there were there were parts of it that really really worked for me and and really made me laugh um because you hate cops because i hate cops and i hate everybody uh no and um (laughs) can't wait to hear this play to trial (laughs) (laughs) fuck cops i don't care what do whatever you want to them (laughs) <laughs> um, but, and I, I, I appreciate, even though I think it was it was ham fisted in the way it was done, and I can totally see why people would have a huge problem with it. Um, and I'm not completely okay with it myself. But the point that I think was being made. With the cow pasture scene, where Veronica is walking away from her friend being raped in the background, not even looking, not even noticing, and then JD arrives and he doesn't notice either. You know the the, the message being sent of you know this kind of thing happens so often that it's not even worth noticing. Um, I think that is that's that's a very strong note for a movie to try to hit, and and a movie that maybe had a sharper satirical edge than this, it probably would have come off a lot better. Um, here, it's just kind of like. Okay, I see where they're going, but it's still it doesn't quite. It feels a little uh, okay. It feels a little icky. You know, it's just one of those um, things. But
0: well, guys will be guys. That's what guys do, right, Steve? Well, but that's uh, but what if guys
1: that, do. But if that is a satirical point you're making to 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 bring to you know to shed a light on it and to say isn't this fucked up that that's the way it is? Mm. You know, I think that could be a very strong point, and I think that's where that scene was trying to go and i for me it, it doesn't quite get there i still think that it, it's a little like uh you know but i think it was it was trying to make a good point um and also it's a good it's it's a nice bit of sort of character development for jd because if you haven't gotten the hint yet that he's actually not that nice of a guy the fact that you know he he's looking right at it and he's just like so you want to go you know you want to go? You want to go to the grocery store? I'll buy you a slushy or whatever. You know, uh-huh. like that's kind of a hint. Like, oh, maybe he's not such a great guy. And there's also the scene where he's driving away on his motorcycle while the jocks are beating up the nerds and mm-hmm. you know forcing them to say they love Dick, and he watches yeah. them. There's like that very deliberate shot of him riding away and watching it and seeing what they're doing and doing nothing about it. Right. You know. So we're we're not meant. to. To like him um so so when he when he goes full supervillain in the in the final act and he's like i'm gonna blow up to school Can you know I ask you're your sort question? of like yes Can I ask you a question? yes please please please
0: who are we supposed to like
1: oh i don't think we're supposed to like anybody i think we're actually i'll take that back i think we're supposed to like veronica but i don't i, I can't really like her I think she's too even even in the the world of this movie, which is very heightened and very absurd. um, I think she gets away. She gets off too easily, like because she is complicit in all of these crimes. Yeah, I think she gets off too easily at the end. I can't and and it takes her a little too long to sort of realize what she's doing. So I can't quite like her as much as I think I'm supposed to. But I think we're supposed to like Veronica, um, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think it comes across that way. I just don't think they they nail that. But yeah, overall, I have to say it's it's a, a, a deeply flawed movie. It has a very flawed first act and a very flawed third act. But for me, mm-hmm. it has a very, very strong middle, which is enough for me to say I recommend it. But I don't think it's a classic. So that, that's what I have to say. Now, I hope I uh, now please give your review. So then, you know, we can just we can wrap our friendship up <laughs> and we can just go our separate ways.
0: All right, Steve.
1: I don't even know who you are.
0: So, uh, I think everyone knows by this point that I didn't really like the movie a whole lot. I, I have nothing against satire. I have nothing against dark humor. I have nothing against any of it. My problem with this is is that it attempts to, but it's an attempt by a 15-year-old. Because this mo- this whole script felt like A teenager writing, trying to write a satire about high school, and not really accomplishing much other than, I know big words, I'm going to put every reference that I know of that makes me sound smart into this movie. It's all just angsty bullshit teen angst, and the teen angsty, I can hear the writer in this movie every step of the fucking way. And when I can hear the writer that loudly, I have to start listening to what the writer is saying and what he thinks is funny, right? Right. So what does the writer think is funny? Apparently, falsely accusing people of being gay is funny because, you know, it's just funny if they're gay, right? I mean, the argument can be made, yes, that would be the worst thing for those two guys as if it came out to be gay, they kind of turn it a little because they start this whole cult of suicide at the school, and if you think that's funny, guess what? That turns out to be a fucking thing too. Suicide clusters in high schools happen.
1: wah Wah.
0: Overall, one of the biggest problems that I have with the, that I have with the script is that it thinks it's too clever. And it tries to get me to go along with how clever it is. And what I really wanted was an actual satire. Like an actual pointed, what is the point of this fucking movie satire? And at no point did he ever let me know what the point to the satire was. Other than, everybody's awful, everything sucks, and that's uh, uniquely... High school attitude, isn't it, Steve?
1: Oh, absolutely, and yeah, I, you're, I, as I, as I anticipated, I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and yeah. so here's my overall thing is that you mentioned a couple of scenes where JD just looks and they ignore it, and JD looks, and yeah, we're supposed to agree that he's the bad guy, right? Right. Or the cool bad guy, or whatever it is, right? Right. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that JD ultimately does not care about anybody in the school, right? He doesn't care right. about anybody. He just wants them all to die for some fucking point that at the end of the thing, and it's like... And, and the, the counter-argument to that is murder is wrong coming from someone who murdered a couple of people. Just, <laughs> right? I don't need to like right. everybody in the film. I've watched movies where I didn't like anybody in the film, but they were still good films because they they laid out their points very well. He spends a lot of time having characters talk about things that the cha- we've already visually seen the characters doing. We don't need it um, reinforced with d- pointless dialogue, which he's showing how clever he is by these, by these teenagers' word use. It's like, it's almost like a script that was written by John Hughes because he woke up on a bad day and he stubbed his toe and some teenager called him a fat middle-aged man when he walked outside.
1: He's like, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: well I'm going to show him teenagers suck, everything sucks.
1: You ungrateful little shit.
0: Now, it's possible that this movie is a reaction to the John Hughes movies, but the John Hughes movies took teen stuff and kind of applied a more realistic view to them. But I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm, once again, it's the 80s, they're teens, everybody's rich, I don't care about anybody, I don't care, I mean, all of these, not one single person seems to say out loud, this is high school, it's not important, let's just move on with our lives. (laughs) Right. There isn't a single person in order for this movie to work every person in the fucking world has to believe that high school is so important that cops recognize football players <laughs> when they're naked in the woods.
1: They're fans. They're fans Fuck of the team. You. <laughs>
0: I'm not taking it. This is my time. (laughs) That was your time over there. This is my time
1: right here. This is our time down here.
0: So, yes, in this heightened reality, high school is so important that it's on the news. That's all the parents ever talk about, and that's all the adults ever talk about. The the Adults are horrible because they don't really care, and they have interior politics, I guess, sort of. I don't know. There isn't a single person. There's nowhere in the world, and I hate to... If you're in high school and you're listening to this, number one, thanks for listening to podcasts because your generation just isn't doing it yet. But the other thing is... The rest of the world doesn't give a shit about high school once you're not in it, okay? If you're Mm -hmm. one of these people who are 30 or 40 and you still give a fuck about high school and what happened in high school, you've done something wrong, (laughs) okay? (laughs) We're sorry. If you peaked in high school, I'm real sorry. But this movie, once again, everything is super important. I know when you're a teenager, everything needs to feel super, super important. Everything's super important. But it takes that super importance, which is contained within high school, and it spreads it out through the rest of the world, right? Right. And the rest of the world isn't like that. So a lot of the points that are being made, a lot of the stuff that, that's in the film, you know, there's not an adult anywhere in this film, that isn't at the very least confused as to what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no school administration would do what they did, because guess what, Steve? We've seen what school administrations do when there's shootings on campus or suicides that happen in clusters, or their reaction to gay teen suicide and all that other stuff, which wasn't really talked about when this movie came out. But then other people decided to stand up and say, hey, you know what? Um, Maybe if we started accepting the fact that there are gay kids in school, (laughs) they'll stop killing themselves. And that's the other thing. So, this, this little movie has a few things in it that a lot of people might not find very funny anymore, and mm. that's because it fucking isn't. I've pointed them out in the recap. I don't think I can do it again without my blood pressure going up another 20 points. So I'm just going to say that all of stuff in regards to Suicide Itself, which, by the way, is the primary focus of this film, yeah. right? a very real thing that teenagers were doing, even back in the 80s. I know, it's crazy. But they were even doing back then, and they said, let's make a hilarious joke about it. Because I'm angry about high school still, and I wrote a script. <laughs> so while Steve laughed at the middle part, and I could see where, if you're detached from it a little bit, you can be, you can find it humorous. I'm not going to hate Steve forever, just right now. And so instantly... <laughs> sync... <laughs> But for me, the movie doesn't work on a satirical level because it's not strong enough satirically for it to work. In order for the satire to work, we needed more satire about the world around the Heathers and not have it be told from the perspective of a protagonist that is stupid and that we don't like and is in many ways just as vacuous as the Heathers portrayed in the film. Just because she's quote-unquote smart, just because she still has some lingering guilt about not talking to her friends, doesn't make her a good person and does not make her a good primary protagonist for us to follow in the film. At the end of this movie, she doesn't go to jail, she's committed lots of crimes, but we're supposed to be okay because now she can talk to Martha and feel that, you know... Oh, and maybe now that she has the scrunchie, she's going to, you know... Make things better at the school, right, Steve?
1: I guess that's the implication, yeah.
0: No, she just becomes another Heather, Steve. She just becomes another Heather. But her
1: name's Veronica.
0: I don't care. <laughs> so I didn't like it. Steve, classic uh, or not classic?
1: Oh, not classic, but not I... Not classic. I, yeah, yeah, not classic.
0: Ugh. <laughs> All right, Steve. Now it's your time to do something. I don't know since you didn't like it, but you liked it. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to recommend at the end of this. What
1: are you going to recommend? I'm good. Well, I'm doing. I'm doing a not recommend because okay. I did. I, I I I'll give it a. We'll call it a mixed review, leaning positive. You
0: gave it a C minus. See me after school.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You you pass. In the, see me at the therapist's
1: office after <laughs> you, school. You pass, but I expect better work from now on. <laughs> um, speaking of which. So uh, the movie I'm going to not recommend is another film that was written by the same screenwriter. And uh, it was mentioned very briefly at the beginning when we were going through his not very impressive credentials. Um, and this is a movie that he wrote the screenplay for that uh, he was one of a couple of credited writers on it. But I think he's generally thought of as the the main Writer of what wound up on screen. Um, this was this movie came out a year or two after Heather's, and uh-huh. it is an action crime comedy sort of, uh-huh. uh, starring Andrew Dice Clay, uh-huh. and it is called The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Now, I have a I, I have a shameful confession to make. When I was a teenager, oh, I boy. I was a fan of Andrew Dice Clay. Wow! This is
0: over. It is. It is. It is, it is.
1: It is. partially my responsibility that he attained such a, a prominent place in our popular I'm culture. Calling the time
0: kickers oh, because oh, yeah. we're going back in time, and kicking that right out of you. What I, are you
1: doing? I need it. I need it. I need it. It's good. It's. It would be good for you to do that. Um, and Ladies for those and
0: gentlemen, Steve and I are going to have a nice long sit down and really kind of parse out Listen, what was going through his mind.
1: I know that I've done wrong. I've admitted it. I've accepted it. Um For all right. of
0: you guys that were teenagers yeah. and like Dane Cook oh, and now yeah. you're in your twenties and you're like, I can never tell anyone. I'm setting a bad example. I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna call the time kickers and kick Steve in time. <laughs> I'm going to be the understanding friend. Whew.
1: Okay. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't remember Andrew Dice Clay, D- Dane Cook is like the perfect example because Andrew Dice Clay was like Dane Cook only way more racist and sexist. Except he did actually tell jokes. Uh, Kinda- they were they were just terrible jokes, but <laughs> but he did actually tell jokes, unlike Dane Cook who just bleats into a microphone, and <laughs> and people respond to it as though it's humorous. He used to I don't, bleat into, a I don't, microphone. yeah. Well, I don't that's true. What he's doing right now. <laughs> that's that's the other thing that he has in common with Dane Cook. <laughs> Yep. is that they were super popular and everywhere <laughs> for about two years and then they just vanished. But one of the other things about Andrew Dice Clay Ooh. is uh, before he broke out as a, as a comic in the late 80s and early 90s, he had been knocking around Hollywood as an actor for a while and he has still occasionally popped up in small roles in movies here and there uh, yeah. in the last couple of years. And sometimes he's actually not that bad. If he's not doing his, his stand-up shtick, um, he's actually not, capable of not being a terrible actor. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this movie was made during the height of his popularity, and they said, let's do a movie where Andrew Dice Clay, basically, he's playing a character, but he's also just basically playing his stage persona. Right. And, and that's what they did. And they took this character, Ford Fairlane, who, who was a pre-existing character who had been the star of some stories that were serialized in the 70s and the 80s, uh, who wasn't really a Dice-like character, but they rewrote to be like Dice's personality. And they made yeah. this movie, The Adventures of Ford Fairland, where he's he's a rock and roll detective working in the music industry in, in L.A. And it's not very funny and it's not very exciting. It has a really kind of impressive cast. I mean, Robert England is in it and uh, Ed O'Neill is in it and uh, David Patrick Kelly, who would become well-known a few years later for being in some independent films. Gilbert Gottfried is in it. Um, Wayne Newton as like the, the main villain, which is kind of interesting it's like okay Um, but not a good movie not uh uh, not something that really reflects well on any of the people involved in it more of just sort of like a curiosity uh than anything else and i believe it is the next credit daniel waters has to his name after heathers so he went from heathers to this so depending on how you feel about heathers it's either a step down or a really 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 big step down (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that's my not recommendation i am not recommending the adventures of ford fairlane
0: okay Well, as you guys know, I like to take a movie from the same year of the movie that we just reviewed, and this time I'm going to be doing a recommendation, and uh, coincidentally enough, my movie also has The Adventures of in it, except my movie is called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Now, I know some people may have seen this and gone, boy, that's a mess, and I'll agree with you, it's a mess, but it's a pretty mess. (laughs) directed by Terry Gilliam and it's one of those movies that once again the movie studio went, we gave him how much money to do this? (laughs) To take this obscure 18th century German nobleman and put him in a movie about the difference between reality and fantasy? Okay. I like it. Stars John Neville is the Baron Munkhausen. He's great. Sarah Polly, she's like ten, yeah, or something like that. Also has Eric Idle, Jonathan Price, Oliver Reed, and Uma Thurman. My cast beats your cast for *Adventures of Ford Fairline*. Well,
1: yeah, I would say so.
0: And it's just it's it's just visually great. It has a lot of stagecraft worked into this movie, so that there's a lot of in-camera effects and. And just great, just great little. I love it. I love this movie. And it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I I've discovered down the line that I I've realized that I've liked a lot of Terry Gilliam's films over the yeah. years. And this is this is one of them. I was working in a movie theater when this came out, so I saw it over and over and over again. Oh wow! Um, so I I liked it. And if you guys have a chance to see it, go see it. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen.
1: All right, Steve, that's it. Yeah, we made it.
0: Now, you guys didn't hear this part because I didn't record it, but I gave Steve a terrible choice. But I didn't tell him <laughs> what the terrible choice was.
1: We're about to find out how terrible it actually was. About
0: the next movie that we were going to review. Yes. Now, I wasn't going to be cruel. I told him to choose A or B, and he owed, you chose B. I,
1: I chose B, yes.
0: He chose B. He didn't know what movies I had assigned to either one of those. In fact, I don't think I even told him that he was choosing movies. No. He could have, I could have been deciding whether or not I was going to kill him, and he <laughs> made the right choice.
1: That's just how That's just how much trust we have.
0: Now, I wasn't going to be mean and make him choose between a good movie and a bad movie. Aww. This was more of a Sophie's choice. <laughs> and oh, I boy. knew that if I laid it in front of Steve it would be 30 minutes of hand-wringing and eventually crying because he wouldn't know which one to do.
1: Oh, boy. So, oh, boy.
0: The movies that were up under A and B, and I'm not going to say which ones are which. Okay. The movies that I, was, I had written down are either the movie that we've referenced probably a little bit more than any other film over the years, <laughs> The Right Stuff. Oh, okay. Or... One of the movies, probably the most famous movie in a movie franchise, and considering how big of a fan we are of this franchise, we've only ever, ever reviewed one of them, and it was the worst one out of the bunch, or near one of the worst ones out of the bunch. The other movie was Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan.
1: Ooh, okay. Well, this is a pretty good. We, you can't really go wrong with this one.
0: No, but if I had put both of those choices in front of you,
1: oh yeah, it would have taken. We we wouldn't we wouldn't even be recording yet.
0: No we wouldn't We'd still be going Which one should we do Oh uh,
1: let me see I don't know Yeah Good so good the, idea
0: So Steve chose Blind Yes And the movie that he chose That we're going to review next time And we're going to ask you guys to watch it If you haven't already Is Star Trek II The Wrath of Cotton Alright
1: <laughs> I can dig so go that go and see that So yeah. you can
0: get all the jokes And you can hear me Understand why Steve and I Are doing the podcast naked <laughs> yeah.
1: What's that noise I keep hearing that noise
0: It's the dog. It's like
1: somebody squeezing a pickle in his hand. (laughs) Oh, God. What is that? It's vaguely off-putting for reasons I can't articulate.
0: And with that disturbing image in your head... (laughs) Have a good week, folks! (laughs) For late seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week.
1: And this has been Steve Shives. I just killed my best friend. Same difference. (laughs) It's my sister... It's more appropriate than I thought it would be when I wrote no, down that quote. wait,
0: uh, isn't the whole line, I just killed my worst enemy and my best friend? Yes. Let's take that again, shall we? All right, marker.
1: And this has been Steve Shives, I just killed my best friend and my worst enemy.
0: Same difference. <laughs>
1: I'm Steve, glad we redid that.
0: Steve. Yes. Can you, can you say it again? Except make it sound with like just a little less emotion a little we want less it closer. Emotion. We want it closer to Winona Ryder's performance as if you don't believe any of the things that are happening in the film. Can we do it one more time?
1: Got it. I think I know what you okay, want. Okay, good. Man. All right,
0: okay. ready? Marker.
1: And this has been Steve Shives. I just killed my best friend and my worst enemy.
0: Different, same. <laughs> <laughs> Cut, lunch. 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 <laughs> God damn, will someone please tell me why I listen to this movie review crap?
1: Because you're an idiot?
0: Oh yeah, that's it. That is the closest I could come to any salvageable dialogue from this fucking film. (laughs) Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash listen And...